me now to 1 John chapter 4 as I read from verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in Him, and He in us, because He has given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent His Son to be the Saviour of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him, and He in God so we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Let's pray. Father, what a lovely passage to remind us of your love for us. Knowing that we deserve none of this, knowing that we are unworthy. But we thank you for your love us and thank you demonstrated that love towards us that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us to bring us to you so father help me now as I come to this Friday morning as we come to reflect on this day on the birth of Jesus and yes we, we call it a Christmas day as well but help us to reflect and focus on Jesus the Son of God who came to, to die in our place as a propitiation to take away your wrath and your anger that we so deserve. The Father, help us now. Help us to focus on your word and then help us just to go out and enjoy the day and bring you great glory and honour. But help me now, Father. Help me to speak the truth in love. Help me to be clear. But help us also to be doers of your word. Pray and ask this all in. Jesus' name, Amen. As you've heard me mention quite a few times that we're looking at today being the 25th of December and it's a day that the church has chosen to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And we also know it as Christmas. But where is our focus today? Is our focus on the birth of Jesus? Or is our focus more on Christmas, what Christmas brings? We know Christmas brings presents, Christmas brings big lunches and drinking of alcohol, etc. But it brings families together, which is good. But as Christians, where is our focus? Are we today, and will we, experience the true meaning of Christmas as we meet and gather together as 
as Christians with our family may be believers or non-believers will they see the true meaning in Christ, the true meaning of Christmas in us shining through us into their lives there's nothing wrong with celebrating Christmas with presents with a lovely lunch and what else comes with it but surely today should be all about our Heavenly Father and His gift, the begotten Son of God, who said, My flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Reading around and coming across this quote, someone said, As we look to Christmas at the birth of Jesus, what we celebrate at Christmas is not so much the birth of a baby, as important as that is. But what is so significant of the birth about that particular baby is that in the birth we have the incarnation of God Himself. That God has come to dwell with us through that beautiful baby, Jesus. What does an incarnation mean? It means that coming in the flesh, God in the flesh amongst His people has come down to deliver His people, to, to rescue us from the wrath to come. And the birth of Jesus is important because He was born just as all human babies are born. But Jesus was God in human flesh. He was truly God and truly man. The incarnation was the act of God the Son whereby he took to himself a human nature. Someone wrote that. And scripture says he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. And he came to show and display God through his life. That's what John tells us in, in John chapter 1. If you go down to verse 18 no one has ever seen God the only God who is at the Father's side he has made him known so if you want to get to know God you want to get to see who God is what God is all about go read the Gospels and there in Jesus you will see God but how do we bring back the true meaning of Christmas how do we bring it back into our lives, into our hearts, back into the church, so that today we celebrate Christmas for what it truly is, and it is all about Jesus, the Son of God. So this morning, all that I'd like to do is to help us to, to think together what Christmas truly means by looking at 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 to 16. And just look at two things to help us to put the true meaning back into Christmas. And the first thing we want to look at this morning, that should help us to put the true meaning back into Christmas, is our Father's love. And His love for us. For us who He has saved. In verse 14 of 1 John, John chapter 4 we read, that the Father has sent the Son, to be the saviour of the world and in verse 9 so that we might live through him and in verse 10 in this is love not that we have loved god but that he loved us 
The Father's love for us is all about saving us through His Son. And His Son coming to die for a people that would believe and worship through Him the Father and bring Him glory. And the Father through Christ is preparing a people for the new heavens and, and new earth to worship eternally. But now on earth, God saves us through His Son so that we might live through Jesus and bring Him glory and honor. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. We live through Christ. He is our everything. We don't do what He did, but we walk in the same manner as He walked. We cannot do what He did because He was truly man and truly God. We're just truly man, clothed in His righteousness, to live a righteous life. But what have we done? Have you ever thought about it? What have we done to deserve God's love? Can anybody stand up this morning and say, this is what I've done to deserve God's love? No, we can't. But what if, why did our Father show us His love? By sending His only Son. What have we done? Well, to help us answer that question, we look back at the Old Testament and we ask the same question, what did Israel do? What did Israel do for God to love them? They did nothing. Moses tells us in verses 7 to 8 of Deuteronomy chapter 7 that the Lord did not set His love on you, that is Israel, nor choose you because you were more in number than any of the peoples, for you were the fewest of all peoples, but because the Lord loved you. The fact that God loves us should, should cause us to cry out in praise and thanksgiving. And Moses goes on to say, And the Lord brought you out by a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Israel did nothing to deserve God's love. They did nothing to win God's love. They did nothing, and they could do nothing, for God to love them. And the same is for us. What have we done to deserve God's love? Well, nothing. There's nothing we can do. If you're here and you're thinking that if you do this, do that, do this, do that, God will love you more. No. God is not a God of performance. God is a God of grace. If you think you got up this morning and your quiet time that now God's just going to bless you, He might not. But if you're doing that, you're in a works righteous relationship with God. You think what you do is going to help God show favor towards you through the day. God is not a God of performance. Many men have woken up and have had a poor start to the day and somehow God has blessed them abundantly through the rest of the day. So we can do nothing to make God love us more. What we can do is just walk obediently and humbly with God. And if God chooses to show favor us through that day, we praise Him. If He doesn't, we still praise Him. But there's nothing we can do to deserve God's love. 
So God loves us. God the Father loves us more than we can ever fully comprehend. And we know what He's done for us. We, we read that. And we'll look at our second thing soon. The precious gift He's given to us. But when we think of Father Christmas, children, you, you, you've all heard of Father Christmas. And, and what has He done? How does He show us His love? Is it by sending us presents? So we might live through them, enjoy them today, and then the novelty wears off. And the reason why we have Christmas every year is because we need these presents to help us through the years. They don't last. Father Christmas's love does not last. That's why it comes every year. But our Heavenly Father's love is eternal. Jesus doesn't die on the cross every Easter Friday when we celebrate. It's a once-off. He's not born again every 25th of December to repeat. Because it's a once-off. It was a final sacrifice. Read that about that in the book of Hebrews. Get to know the Old Testament through Christ in the book of Hebrews. But the sad thing, when Christmas comes, there's a lot of people, maybe Christians as well, we kind of hide behind Father Christmas. We kind of escape our problems, getting behind Him and getting into the emotion and the experience and the feelings. And we hide behind Him, His gifts. We hide behind our Christmas meals, our food, our drinks. But we know none of that lasts. You know, when you get something new, it might be from a camera to a car to a home or whatever new gadget you get, it doesn't last long. That feeling of owning something. Get a brand new car and it gets its first scratch and that's it. The good feeling's gone. But our Heavenly Father, His gift is not temporary. It's real, it's permanent, it's eternal. And it's, a, and it's a beautiful gift and it comes in a beautiful package where life begins and that is in Mary's womb. But before Mary was found to be with a child by the Holy Spirit, about 700 years before Jesus was born, a great prophet by the name of Isaiah, and we read that, Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14, he prophesied this, that the Lord himself will give us a sign, behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she shall call his name Emmanuel. God is with us. And how faithful is our Father. In his faithfulness he shows us his love. Because that prophecy was fulfilled in Mary. She will bear a son and he shall call his name Jesus. And he will save his people from their sins. Paul wrote also that when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son born of a woman so that he might redeem those. Those who believe with their faith and trust in him. No earthly father, no father Christmas can love us like our heavenly father. For our heavenly father so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. No father has loved like that verse. No father will love like that verse.
What is so sad over Christmas, when especially when it comes to this time, is that as Christians, and I think of myself, we kind of put our Father into the corner and we bring up Father Christmas and we make him bigger and better. We can talk to our children if you don't behave yourselves. Father Christmas is not going to give you a present as if he's sovereign over our lives. But we seem to push our Heavenly Father in the corner. We forget about Him. We forget about the precious gift He's given us, His Son. And we bring our Father Christmas, this myth, into the centre of our homes. And we kind of enjoy Him up until Christmas, whenever it starts. If it starts the 1st of December, you start with a Lent calendar, whatever, and you start, or Father Christmas calendar, those calendars, that you eat those chocolates and you count down and so Christmas becomes more and more at the center of your home and you focus on his gifts, his presents, the meals that are coming. But you know what the most beautiful thing is? In spite of all this, God knowing how we will treat him when it comes to this time of the year, in spite of what he knew, he still sent his son into the world to die for those that he would call to be his children. Even though he knew he would be put into a corner for a while, in spite of this, he is gracious to us. He still demonstrated his love towards us, that while we were yet sinners, he sent his Son into the world as the Saviour to take away the sin of the world, to bring us to him. The righteous man dying for the unrighteous to bring us to God, His Father. That is love. Unconditional love. Hopefully our Father's love, the love that He's shown to us in spite of our fallen nature, in spite of what we do, hopefully this will put back the true meaning of Christmas. Back into our homes. And if it doesn't, well then hopefully our second thing that we want to look at to help us to put the true meaning, true meaning back into Christmas is our precious gift. The most precious gift that we have is the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour, our Redeemer. Again, we see that in 1 John chapter 4, we are told that the Father has sent the Son to be the Saviour of the world. And in verse 10, that God the Father loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. We've already spoken about Jesus came in a beautiful package, and we know that life begins, and that is in Mary's womb. We know that the angel of the Lord said to Joseph, Take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. You take away that, liberals downplay the virgin birth. They say that can't be, that can't be true. That she, that she has been that who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. That is not true. They don't believe in the supernatural. You take away the birth of Jesus, then you don't have a sinless Savior. Take away the resurrection. Everything is in vain. We do. 
I think we need to sit down in our time today, sometime, find some time and ponder on Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. Ponder on this miracle, this great miracle of the birth of Jesus, the Savior of the world. And at the same time, ponder on God's love for us. And He will save His people from their sins. What we needed and what we were looking for was a perfect sacrifice. A precious gift that can save us from our sins. And that precious gift was Jesus. And that precious gift is a permanent gift to us. It's not a temporary gift. As we look at Father's Christmas, His gifts are temporary. They only save us temporarily from our fears. But Jesus, what a precious gift from our Heavenly Father. The Son of God came to do what? What John the Baptist tells us. Behold the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. That's the precious gift. It's all about Jesus, the Son of God, who came to take away the sin of the world. But somehow in our fallen nature, somehow as Christians, somehow in our, in our makeup as fallen creatures, we still choose to run to Father Christmas. We still choose to, to run to Him and, and lean on His gifts at this time of the year. Why do we make such a big fuss, a big issue of His gifts? Now, I'm not downplaying giving gifts to children, adults. I'm not saying we can't give gifts. I'm not saying that. But why is it that we know that if these gifts are temporary, why do we make such a big issue of Christmas as Christians? The gifts we get wear down. Jesus doesn't wear down. He said, all you are weary and heavy and laden and who need rest, come to me. I'm humble and gentle in heart. I'll give you rest for your heart. Jesus came to this world, not to become rich, to give us riches like Father Christmas. He became poor. He brought poverty, exchanged the riches of heaven for the poverty of earth. He became rich. He became poor so that we would become rich, rich in the spiritual blessings in the heavenlies. He exchanged the perfect harmony of heaven for the turmoil of life on earth with its pressures and pains, trials and tensions, conflicts and crises, what's going on in this virus. He exchanged being worshipped by angels for being reviled by his enemies. Read Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 to 11. Or start at verse 2. And read that beautiful passage. He humbled himself. That's what humility looks like. That's what our Savior looks like. Jesus exchanged a lot more than what Father Christmas Exchanges. Does he exchange something? Yes. When he puts on his Father Christmas suit, he exchanges his normal clothing for his Christmas clothing. 
and he has a reindeer and, and, and he has a one horse reindeer and he travels the world by this. Well, Jesus, who created all things, has to borrow a boat to cross the Sea of Galilee. Even though Jesus owns everything, he's the Son of God. When he came to earth, he still had to borrow. He still had to find a place to lay his head. And he had no place. But if we look at Jesus, and we really look at his work, what he accomplished, compared to what Father Christmas accomplishes once a year, there's no comparison. Jesus came to do a more serious work. And that more serious work is to be the propitiation for our sins. Meaning he took upon himself God's anger, God's wrath, which was owing to us the sinner, so that God his Father would show favour to us the sinner. We deserve death. We deserve to be nailed to the cross. We're unworthy. we the sinner. But the righteous man, the sinless man, the perfect man, He died as our substitute, the substitutionary atonement. He took it upon himself to die in our place, to bear God's anger, so that it would be taken from us and put on him, and then God could look on us in favour. Will we, at this time of the year, Will we, once who we were far off, dead in our sins, but now have been brought near by the blood of Christ, saved from the wrath to come, will we turn our eyes from the earthly things, the things that Father Christmas brings, the things that Christmas does for us, with all its festive festivities? Will we fix our eyes on the heavenly things? Where we look to Jesus, where he's seated at the right hand of his Father. And will we come together in his love, clothed in his Son's righteousness, this precious gift that was given to us to receive this righteousness. His righteousness is imputed to us and our sins are imputed to him. Will we embrace Jesus, this precious gift? As we come now to this time of the year, especially today. Christmas lasts one day. There's the build-up to it. Tomorrow it's forgotten. Boxing Day. And the next day is, is New Year's Eve. Old Year's Eve into New Year's Day, as people look forward to. Hopefully, as we've looked at verses 7 to 16 of, John, of 1 John chapter 4, these two things, our Father's love for us, and this precious gift, Jesus, that was given to us. Hopefully this will help put the true meaning back into Christmas. Because the true meaning of Christmas is Christ coming into the world. Going to the cross, dying to save us, that's a message that we have and that we should be telling the world about a precious gift, what the true meaning of baby Jesus means, the birth. It's all about a Saviour. It's all about a Lord and a Redeemer. What a message we have to a dying world.
And it's the only message that can transform lives. Because when we believe, we receive the Holy Spirit and He's been put into our hearts to help us grow in Christ-likeness. The more you read God's Word, the more the Holy Spirit can transform us more and more into Christ-likeness. And hopefully as we grow into our Christ-likeness, from Christmas to Christmas, we will reflect what Christmas truly means to us and what it should mean to the world. Let us pray. Father, we, we thank you for your kindness. We, we thank you for your, your rich love. We thank you that we know we were dead in our sins. We know there was a, a time when we were dead in our trespasses, in which we once walked following the course of this world, following the prince and the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among which we will, which, which you all once lived. But we know, Father, you've been rich in mercy because of your great love with which you loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ Jesus, this precious gift, and by grace we are saved. And we thank you for this, Father. We thank you for your love and, we, and, and showing this love in the precious gift, Jesus. But forgive us, Father, for there are times when we wander from seeking our minds on the heavenly things to seeking our minds on the earthly things help us as we go out this door to to be challenged to to bring back christ into the center of our lives to to make him at the center of christmas to share this precious gift and your love that you've shown to the world and father may you save many more people and bring them into your kingdom transfer them from this dark world into the kingdom of your beloved son have mercy upon us, Father. Please stir us up, Father, to embrace what the true meaning of Christmas should be, all, should be all about, about your Son, Christ Jesus, who died on the cross to forgive our sins. Help us, Father. Be merciful to us. Pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.